Welcome to another episode of the Dirty Giants podcast. We got an awesome episode coming up. We have Landon Whitwer. Uh, if you know Big Mule there, you know Landon Whitwer. He picked up the world record sheds a while back, and then he's helped on numerous giant bucks. He's killed a few himself, too. Um, this On this episode, we're going to talk about they killed a 300-inch deer out there on the strip. And then Landon's dad also killed a freaking giant general season buck, one of the most massive bucks you've ever seen. And then he also helped on a floating main beam buck with split kickers. I'll post pictures of all these deer on our um, on our Instagram so you can see them. We've got some awesome stories, and uh, Landon gives us some cool tips as well that uh, that should help us um, better ourselves as mule deer hunters. <laughs> I guess that's what we're trying to do here. So Landon guides for uh, strip crew is what they're called. I'll I'll tag him in all the posts um, on our Instagram about his stuff. So be sure to look at look up that as well. Landon's an awesome guy, and there's a lot to learn from him. But anyways, before we get started, I just want to thank our sponsors real quick. Scout to Hunt. They're doing a shed photo contest contest giveaway with over ten thousand dollars in prizes. It's a it's an awesome giveaway, so you guys should be sure to check that out and get entered in that. We also have Scree Gear. I use their camo um, and all their gear for a while now, and I, I really like it. Some good stuff. And then last but not least, we have Ancient Boots. They're like a, a leather um, boot type thing. It's a sneaky boot. I used it all last year, and it, it really helps. It's it's a really cool product. So, anyways, let's go ahead and get started. <laughs> I, let's let's get started maybe with like kind of what got you into hunting and how how you started. Um yeah, I mean I think a lot like the other guys out there I just I watched and learned from my old man really. I spent my whole life as a kid tagging along behind him, dragging little brothers along behind dad, you know, we're all just in his back pocket everywhere we could go, anywhere he could get us to. And I mean, I hunted everything with him. We started out with deer and stuff, and then I really got into coyote calling with him. And, and I mean, I, we did a ton of that growing up. And then yeah. it seems like we used to do a lot of fishing, but then we kind of got into the shed hunting thing, and it just that got rid of the, the fishing craze that we were into back in the day. And, <laughs> I mean, the sheds have just taken over everything. Heck, we don't even... You don't even hardly care to hunt anymore. You just want to go pick up big sheds. <laughs> really? That's, yeah. that's like your thing, you think, even more than hunting is picking up big sheds? Well, it's kind of turned into, like, shed hunting is scouting for the hunt. You know, you you can only hunt for weeks out of the year, and I can shed hunt all year long and, and scout even when there's nothing on deer's head. Right. I would say I do shed hunt more than I hunt, but... It, it all kind of wraps together in one big circle. So this is my question. You've picked up the the world record shed, numerous giant sheds. What keeps you so passionate? Like what keeps you out there looking for for something bigger? I Well, I don't know if I'll ever find anything bigger. I just obsessed <laughs> with certain deer. And, I mean, there's a buck that me and a group of buddies have been looking for right now. We've added up the miles, and I know we've got over a 1,000 miles in on foot. And we 
we did finally pick his dead head up, but we cannot. We found his big, big pair of sheds, and it's driving us all nuts. <laughs> but, yeah, I know we've got over for him. We can't find him. Kind of sucks, but I mean, is that typically what you do? You you pick out a buck, and then you're mainly just after his sheds. You're not just hiking in random areas. Right. I mean, it starts getting random when you hit all the spots that you think you should be. Uh huh. Yeah, it, we'll definitely just concentrate on one deer until we pick him up. We did it with a buck on the trip a couple of years ago. We just a buck we liked. We didn't know how big he was gonna be, but we picked up four years off him and ended up killing him in what would have been 2019. We killed him with Trevor Latham, and he was like 230 something when when Trevor killed him, and we got just a whole bunch of sheds that we knew everything about that deer. We felt like we knew we were going to kill him that year. Just, <laughs> just from the, but that's crazy. Yeah. I was actually watching. You did is quite a few years ago. You did a little video with hidden instinct and mm-hmm. that the, the, I know him as the fingers buck. I don't know if you know the buck I'm talking about. Um, yep. But you picked up multiple years off of him. He's one of the coolest bucks ever, I think. <laughs> and that buck was freaking. I mean, usually it takes us a while to find a buck. Like we'd we'd all been in on that Joe Dirt buck when Landon Sherwood picked him up, and it took us a couple of years to finally find the horn off him. And uh-huh. we checked that buck off the list and started looking through Mealy Cage magazines and whatever we had back then. We're like. Heck, I like this book. Let's go look for him. And I kid you, first trip looking for him, I probably went a half a mile from the truck and found the first horn off him, which never happened. <laughs> That's crazy. I think we had three years picked up off him and, and his big set in in about a day. And, yeah, that, that buck was probably one of my favorite. I actually like him more than my world record set. I think he's bigger just frame-wise. Well, I saw I saw him like um, at at the taxidermy shop, and you don't realize how big that frame is. Like it, it'll make any deer look small. Yep. <laughs> yep. Crazy. I've got it on my wall, and he is definitely bigger than a three hundred inch deer. I think. <laughs> That's so nuts. Yeah. So, so you said your dad kind of like take took you along hunting and everything. And then he recently, well, a couple years ago, killed a really big buck. Can you tell us that story? So that buck started, he he found a shed out riding his horse. And, I mean, just, just out going for a horse ride, went into a spot, picked up this, like, mid-90s horn. And, I mean, for a Utah general, something <laughs> that big, that's giant, you know. Right. And he spent kind of all year looking for that buck after that and and he ended up going in on like Thanksgiving day and went up to a pond bank up there and that buck comes walking up out of the pond rutting a doe and he about died I guess he thought he was like 250 something when he seen him he told me he had 10 points on each side and he spent all year trying to find that deer again he only seen him the one time say that again how many years he spent one full year looking for okay. the buck. Okay. And he ended up finding the other shed off him while he was trying to 
trying to find him in summer scouting and whatnot. But he never saw that deer. Never got a trail cam picture of him anywhere in and out of places that you couldn't hunt. And my dad went back open in the morning to where he'd seen him a year ago. And that dang buck was standing on the hillside at first light. And no way. Just pure luck that he showed back up there. But, yeah, he hadn't been there. He'd looked. I don't know how many trips he had in looking for that deer, but it would scare you <laughs> how hard he looked for that thing. I think it about drove him crazy. So did you have a lot of competition, like, opening morning? Did he? Yeah, he, he did have quite a few guys in there. I know there was a couple of different groups of guys that knew about that buck, and some of the guys that he knew, actually, he kind of set up a game plan with them, and I think they were just planning on circling around my dad, seeing where he was going to kick him to, and luckily he made a good shot. I know he said he just went and bought him one of them long-range rifles and range of that buck at 400 yards but my old man kind of needs readers anymore and uh-huh. first light he couldn't hardly see his turret and he said he could tell the big numbers but he couldn't tell what they said and so he'd sit there and look at the turret turn it and he's like well there's one big number two big numbers until he got about what he thought 400 yards was and he <laughs> killed him <laughs> no way so were you in the area like did you get a walk up to that buck with him? I wasn't with him. My wife had a tag, and I was like, I'm not even going to try to go have her chase some ghost buck that we had no idea about. Yeah. But with him on that one, we were hunting a little further away. I mean, he called me when he killed it, and just on cloud nine, man, he was so dang excited. Biggest buck he's ever killed anywhere, and he's had Henry Mountain tags and freaking kaibab late tags over the years and stuff like that that this thing just dwarfed he's ever shot so how big did it was it when he killed it like did you score it at all or i know we had him official i think he was 232 gross and like just barely under 230 net i want to say it was like 228 net but i'm not for sure if that's what those were i know he just barely missed making the that's insane. And then how big were the sheds that he picked up? Were they about that same size? His set of sheds were like 215, 220, somewhere in there. Um, I've seen a couple other sheds off that buck from before he killed him. Uh-huh. And he was all of 250. He was so freaking big. Really? He just happened to kill him in 2018 when it was drier than dry and just terrible drought year, and that buck just did not grow like he could have. But. That's crazy. So how do you think a, on a general season unit a buck can slip through the cracks kind of like that and, and get that big? And like you think I, it's... I think he was in and out of some private that kind of helped him and uh-huh. just place out that he couldn't hunt. Um, but he, he definitely made it out on public land quite a bit. But I think he was in a nasty spot to hunt just hard to kill steep and rugged where a lot of guys wouldn't get back into but i mean there was definitely i know a couple guys that were trying to kill him for like two or three years and never did get a shot at him he he wasn't he didn't go completely unknown that's for sure that's such a cool looking deer too i remember seeing the pictures of when you kill them it's insane just 
mass like you wouldn't believe. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so you've obviously you've been a part of numerous giant deer, but one buck in particular I kind of wanted to hear the story on as well is the, the 300 incher you guys killed. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. That buck, so, you know, 2000, 2019 is like one of the best years the strip's seen since probably 2010, you know, and yeah. we had more big bucks running around and everything was right on schedule on the moisture and it just was an awesome year. But one of our friends, that guides with us actually had a tag that year for 13a and we'd been looking at bucks as the trail cameras are starting to show early in the summer and we're like man this buck looks you know he's got some potential and he might be small enough that he's not gov tag or anything and so we decided we were going to just try to get glass on him and i remember is you know around the 20th of july or something like that we we went out, set up in a couple different spots. My dad was with me, and TJ and Colin kind of went around the other end of this big valley and started glassing it at first light. I mean, I had I had bucks picked up first thing, and I just I told my dad, I'm like, that one's freaking big. I'm getting my scope out. He swings over on it, and he about just was jaw-dropped by it. He's like, holy crap, that thing's huge. And I scope on him and start looking I'm like well yeah this thing's way bigger than we thought he was we were thinking like 240 and we start looking and we're saying numbers like 270 280 I've never seen a buck <laughs> I don't know if I judge him and I mean we stayed on him all day that day and just trying like crazy to get good video we knew it was something special I mean we're talking about we're like this is dub tag deer all day long like no questions asked I don't care how good the strip's supposed to be this year. I know this is the biggest buck on the strip, you know? Yeah. And so we ended up calling a couple of guys that night that had like the next year's tag where the way Arizona works, you can hunt 365 days when you have a gub tag. And we talked to some other guys. They're like, yeah, we'll freaking pay for it, you know, but he's got to live. And we kept going in and watching him and watching him and, I don't know if we were making Doyle and them nervous that we were there or what, but Doyle called us and he wanted to wanted to have us help on it. And they already knew about the buck. At least they had trail cam pictures of him. Uh huh. And but I mean to to take pictures and then to actually find him is a whole other game. Right. See him in real life. Yeah, and I remember TJ went out one day that I didn't make it and he calls me he's like dude I'm sitting 400 yards away from this thing and I've had the camera rolling for an hour now oh. and I sent Doyle a screenshot of it I'm like let's go freaking kill this thing he's right here let's go let, I mean and that night he called me back up he's like come on let's go get everybody together we're going out in the morning and we headed out freaking just on a whim hoping that we'd get to be a part of this deer and showed up they had their game plan all lined out and we all set up where we thought we'd glass the deer up and heck nobody could find him no -uh. no we couldn't find him man we sat there we'd had him had him dead to rights the day before but we, <laughs> we sat out there and baked our brains out glassing all day and around like one or two uh doyle decided he was going to go in and see if he couldn't find a track off him 
and he took off track of that buck in the middle of the day. I was actually impressed by him. I, I never, never knew that he would hunt that hard, you know, just to take off track and it. That's 105 outside and <laughs> sun's blessing. Anyways, he took off on a track that he thought looked like him, ended up jumping the deer. No way. Yeah, he jumped him. A couple of guys seen him flash through some trees, and he kind of made a big hook and got got out on the edge of this great big nasty cliff face. I mean, looks like the Grand Canyon. Yeah. And we were able to get uh, Mike in on him, and, I mean, he made a great shot, ended up killing that deer right at sundown, and just, just a Deer, man it's it's something else to get to walk up on one that big <laughs> i bet what is that like like it's it's got to be unreal it's i've been around some big deer but that thing was just stupid i mean we knew he was big we had no clue he was that big but i mean it's it's neat to hold a buck like that just a deer that you've got to i mean we sat on him I don't know how many days between TJ and Colin and myself, but we definitely, definitely got to watch him a bunch. And it was just neat to get to see a pair of antlers move like that and then then put him down too. Oh, yeah. And then get, get to finally put your hands on him. That, that's so cool. The only thing we missed out on, we didn't get to pick his sheds up. But other than that, it was all good. <laughs> yeah. Did someone, did our, someone already pick him up? Doyle found him like, the day after they killed him, he went out there and was pulling some of their cameras off the waters around there, and he had a camera set on a trail or something, and he took a little bit different loop up that trail and ended up finding the horns laying right off the side of the road, I guess. No way. How how big was he the year before? I, I've always wondered that. From what I remember of the buck, I think he was only like 210. Like he Really? He so he put on like 100 inches almost. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's what that desert does, though, man. I swear, freaking bucks that are 190 can be 250 the next year if they get some good moisture. And they just need a need the right age and and a good wet year, and you can have a flat out giant. Jeez, yeah, that gosh, that's so crazy. So, what do you feel like? Uh, like, what are some things you learned like from that bucket or that situation, hunting wise? Um, you know, I don't know that he was any different than any buck that we've ever really hunted. It's out there, you concentrate a lot on the water, and you just start panning out around it, and they kind of do the same things, you know. You you get one found, and he's going to have that same pattern. You just, you just got to get them glassed up is the hard part, but... Yeah. Once you get where they live and figure out what they're eating on, I mean, and they're all they're all a lot of the same, but I feel like. So once you kind of know about a buck, like you get a picture of him on water, or you happen to see him, and he's he's a buck you want to go after. What are what's kind of like the next steps for you? Like you you. I just try to get eyes on him as much as possible and and figure out, you know, where his favorite areas to feed are, his favorite areas to bed, um, what route, you know, is he going to be, what what slope of a face does he seem to be using or anything like that. And it just kind of 
narrows it down because they they will move a little bit. I mean, they'll they'll bounce in between different waters and things and completely change. But you kind of you get an idea of what they like and places you've seen them before. And you know, we might be two or three miles away the next day, but there's a good chance if you're looking in the same kind of an area, you'll find them again. Yeah. So one thing you said just barely that I found interesting. So let's say they're typically you find them bedding on south-facing slopes. Is that usually like where they'll bed every time on a south-facing slope, or is that kind of what you mean by slope? Uh, yeah, and I would say more of a north-facing slope. You know, you get on those slopes more than anything. Um, I I find myself in midday, I'll just go glass shady slopes and. You know, you get out in the morning and glass everything because they'll be wherever before the sun's on them. But those big bucks, man, and the second that sun starts touching them, they're they're looking for shade. And they're usually trying to get on more slopes, and they'll stay up and feed for a while, but they'll they'll stay close to the shade as best they can. They don't like that heat, I think. That's, that's a good tip because yeah, you don't you don't think about the the slope as much. Like I guess. Most people probably just think about like looking under the shade of trees, but if you can if you can get that down and maybe get somewhat of a pattern on them, that's that's how those big bucks get killed. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that is a huge part, though. I mean, you go sit on a south facing slope in the middle of the day, and it's it's a lot hotter. The feed's not as good just because it's dried up, and those north slopes seem to hold moisture a little better, and and they keep cooler too. Huh. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's a good that's a good tip right there. So, um, what is your talking about glassing? What is your glassing setup? Um, so right now I'm running just a I've got a Manfrotto tripod. Uh huh. I don't know what size it is. It's tall enough that I can stand behind it. With that's got to be pretty tall though. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think it's what they make, but yeah. I love, I've actually got just a aluminum tripod. I freaking the heavier the better. I think I hate when my glass is shaking in the wind and all these light carbon fiber ones. I mean, yeah, you can pack them, but I'd rather pack a little weight, have a little steadier glass. But I run uh, Swarovski 15s. Okay, I absolutely love them. I wouldn't go anywhere without them. And then I just upgraded and did the BTX this last year. But honestly, I I don't use it that much. I I used to have just a Vortex, uh, what is it, Vortex Razor. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, me personally, I don't use that spotter very much, and I don't use the real long range. Um, I, I stick to those 15s, and, I mean, you can glass stuff up two, three miles away with them, and, you can just cover so much more country and your field of view and everything. Yeah, so so your 15, you, you have them on tripod, out, obviously, and then those are like your go-to, and then once you maybe spot a deer, you'll throw up on a bigger glass to look at it closer. Yeah, get something that you can get some video with, you know, get the phone scope on there and and sit back and let, let it roll. But, yeah, I don't even – like I've got a pair of 10s with a rangefinder in them, but I don't even – hardly ever pull them up to just glass with. They're mainly just for a rangefinder. Oh, okay. And 
I mean, I'll pack that tripod. I never put it away. I just have my tripod extended over my shoulder everywhere I go. And, you know, if I'm going to stop and glass a canyon, I set my tripod up, even if I'm only glassing 500 yards. Just, I feel that tripod's almost as important as the glass. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's definitely true. Yeah. So, there's, oh, do you have something? Oh, you're good. Oh, I was going to say there's another story of a deer that I wanted to hear from you. It's it's that Kayabab buck with the, the floating main beam that split kicker out there. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that thing, that buck, I'm, as far as I know, he was one of the biggest bucks during the drought year of 2018 that I know of. Um, it, we had some guys that had like buddies that had archery tags up on the Kayabab and they hunted the crap out of them and they were on him all summer. And really? We, yeah, we thought we were going to end up killing him on like the early Kayabab hunt just because those guys had him so patterned. And they got close a handful of times with archery stuff, but just never could make it happen. And come rifle hunt, I mean, as soon as he rubbed, it was like he just was gone. Nobody could find him on the mountain. They, it just it vanished like they do usually, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so we we kind of knew about that deer, had almost killed him the year before during the late hunt, and um, just started hunting the same stuff we'd seen him in last year. And I want to say day five or six, uh, Trevor and Kim ended up climbing up on a little knoll. They glassed him up. I mean, they were buck was 400 yards off the side of the main road no and, yeah i mean just oh. a main probably one of the most traveled roads on 12b and we got the call on the radio said get your butts over here we got the freaking biggest buck in the unit and so we hauled butt over there got on him and got set up but we were kind of facing into the sun real bad and my hunter couldn't could not see the sun was horrible so we sit there and wait and we wait and about then my hunter's buddy comes driving up the road we're just getting to where we can kind of see through the boat again uh-huh. and he starts screaming in the radio we got a freaking giant holy come on, dude, you're right next to my truck we're on him get out of here go on <laughs> he mashes on it freaking blows gravel buck takes off trotting back into the trees and we're like you got no no first group uh, well Heck, here he comes five minutes later, rutting a doe back out of the trees, and we're like, all right, get on him. 300-yard shot. Take, take all the time in the world. You know, you got half an hour before it gets dark. So he gets on him. Freaking, I keep telling him the whole way over there. I'm like, whatever you do, do not look at this deer's horns, you know. Just concentrate on vitals. Yeah. And anyways, he bears down, freaking torches one off, and we just hear this horrible crack, you know. it It wasn't a... You could hear it hit something, but didn't know what we hit. And Buck jumps, comes running out from behind the tree, and his jaw's just hanging, man. I mean, it was a horrible yeah. shot. He shoots one real quick, and we thought he missed. And, I mean, runs off into the trees, and we're like, this is terrible. You know, that's not a good shot. It's not going to slow him down real good. It's not going to leave a lot of blood or anything. Yeah. And back to camp, and we start watching Trevor's video of it. And the second shot, we actually hit his back leg which still not great, but, hey, we got him slowed down. You know, we're like, we're going to be able to track this thing up. We're going to let him lay down for the night. 
And so we did. We got let him lay down through the night, went in on him, got on his track the next morning, and more or less ran him down. And ended up jumping him a couple of times, and we finally jumped him out into a little flat and was able to run out and get a shot on him. And we ended up killing him. He was laying 10 yards off the main road that those guys had seen him on. Able to drive the truck right to him when it was all said and done. But really, it was some running around in a circle, and yeah, we did good to get him killed. <laughs> Jeez, that's crazy. How long did you track him for afterwards? We probably only ran him for about a mile, and yeah. I mean, he just in a big circle. He was out in this island of trees, and he didn't want to leave them. Yeah. And, Finally ended up getting him pushed out of the trees and got him into a clearing where you could see him when we jumped him. And I mean, he wasn't moving real fast, but moving fast enough that he was staying in front of us. So what's it like in a buck like that overnight? Like, that's got to be... Oh, my gosh, dude. I, I kept telling them guys, I'm like, whatever you do, freaking, you know, get some rest because tomorrow's going to be like an all-day ordeal is what I was thinking. And, yeah. like, we're going to this buck and freaking we're going to more or less run him till he can't go anymore. But ended up getting lucky and catching him. But, yeah, it's definitely a sleepless night, man. You freaking – you're just sick about it. You know, you spent all year trying to find this buck, and it finally comes together. Everything worked out except for the shot. But we were we were definitely glad to see that second shot hit something that we knew would slow him down. Yeah, that's got to be nerve-wracking, too, next to that main road that someone doesn't oh, drive by <laughs> early. Yeah. Yep, we were we were definitely nervous that somebody else was going to kill our buck. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. So what did he look, he look back like that the year before? No, he had some cheaters. The frame looked a lot the same. I mean, I, he was heavy and just... He he wasn't nearly that big. His trash wasn't nowhere near what he was when we killed him. But, I mean, he was definitely recognizable. Had a few cheaters in the same spot that were shorter. And I think he still had one of the floating beams like that. But, yeah. Just built a lot the same, though. It was kind of crazy. And the year before, we noticed he had a limp. And when we killed him, like, his one of his front legs was just completely locked up. Couldn't bend his knee. And I don't know what caused that injury or, I mean, something got him because he was all calcified up and that leg just didn't even hardly work. That's crazy. He was still alive then and that he grew those antlers. That's yeah. Crazy. Yep. But, no, he was a cool buck. Definitely, definitely one that we were glad we were able to get him killed after all that, though. Oh, God, I'm looking at the picture now. That's just insane. That that giant hook cheater, and then it splits. It's and the the beams go on forever. It, that's such a cool deer. Definitely one of our favorites, no doubt about it. I think he's the biggest buck we've killed over there on on that unit for by far. So, what does your looks like your 2021 season look like? Uh, well, I'm not liking it so far, but <laughs> I I think we're in trouble, man. We've had had a couple of really dry summers back to back like this, and then last fall was bone dry, and, and spring's not looking real great. I 
I think we're going to be hurting for big deer, but I mean, yeah. hunt wise, I'm hoping I put in for a tag in Utah. I don't know if I'll draw it, but I'm fingers crossed. I'm getting close, but really, we'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you, but, uh, do you do much hunting yourself, or I do a little, whatever I can. But for yeah. the most part, I I pour everything into the strip. Um, but yeah, I go when I get a chance. Whenever I draw a tag, I just have a hard time getting real excited about it around here. Right. So, what do you think about um, the cameras on the strip? Are you you think that's going to help age class and get bigger bucks or so i think guys are not going to kill the big buck like you're still going to kill some big deer don't get me wrong but there's just so much country to right now everybody knows about every big buck and there's guys that are willing to spend all 10 days of that hunt hunting one deer you know mm-hmm. and without a trail camera there's going to be bucks that guys don't know about that i actually kind of I'm looking forward to it. I've kind of always been a shed hunter first, and then, you know, I guide out there more or less because all the big deer were getting killed before I could pick the sheds up, so I had to get into guiding to be part of the party. But Yeah. And so I'm kind of looking forward to it. I think it's a great thing that we're I, – I get that everybody doesn't want to see guys take, like, our rights and all that, you know, don't like being told what to do and – I completely agree with that, but I do think on places like theirs on a strip where you can put 100 cameras out there and cover so much water, those bucks don't have anywhere they can go. It's not like there's a stream running somewhere that they could water 20 yards down from your camera. They have to go to these man-made water sources. And yeah. so they don't they don't have a chance of not being known about. You just have to have enough money and enough cameras, and there's plenty of them out there you know everybody's running a pile of them <laughs> yeah it's kind of crazy yeah i think yeah. it will kind of bring the magic back you know like just like you don't know what could possibly walk out or what you could pick up because not like, yep. not every buck's known about yeah and it, it's kind of it makes it rough out there it sucks you get 10 different guys that know about the same buck and you've got a strip tag and there's only so many tags out there, right? But it still feels like you're hunting a general tag because you show up and there's 20 trucks parked there, you know? It's hard to get off and even go hunt by yourself or anything like that. But I don't know. It's It, it can go either way, but <laughs> I'm definitely... So. Sweet. Well, um, before we end, I, I like to ask a few, a few questions. Um, so one is... Um, what's something you know now that you wish you would have known like five years ago? <laughs> I wish I knew anything that I knew now about the strip that I knew back when we were able to buy tags over the counter, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I got that's to hunt that for years, and that's all we ever say now. It's like, gosh, if we knew now <laughs> or knew then what we knew now, we could actually kill some big deer, but like, we just go ride around up on Logan arrows out the truck window more or less we didn't know what we had <laughs> isn't that so crazy that wasn't even too long ago that you could do that i know it no that was nuts i wish i would have done it more but yeah, yeah it was it was fun we had some good times missed some really big deer 
we couldn't hit anything with our bows, but <laughs> yeah, that's how it was. So this is kind of a different question. Have you have you ever seen anything like kind of like creepy out there while you're hunting, like a UFO or anything? <laughs> I've definitely seen some weird stuff, man. I I don't know what it was. They said it was some missile launched out of California a few years back, and good heck, man, there's this big old streamer just going up through the sky, and I don't know that I've ever seen anything other than things that they say happened. I don't know what it really was, but it was definitely kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be, that's probably a little creepy. It's funny. I know I've freaked myself out out there by myself enough times but just getting in my own head, thinking somebody's sneaking up on me while I'm sleeping <laughs> in my truck. <laughs> I do that a lot. Oh, man. I'm, yeah. I'm, like, way afraid of skinwalkers for some reason. I watch too much stuff on them, and I always, that's what my mind always goes to when I'm by myself. Yep. It's funny how you can't turn it off either. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's funny. Um. And then one other thing I was going to ask you, do you still do you still buy antlers? Yeah, absolutely. I'm always buying it. And I mean, I just, I don't chase it real hard. I don't go travel in the country, but anybody in southern Utah or anywhere close by, I'm always around. Yeah. Yeah, so if any of the listeners want to get rid of some antlers, definitely contact Landon there. I'll put it, your Instagram and stuff on my, on my awesome. uh, Instagram, so. Sweet. And then, do you have like a a favorite hunt memory? Favorite hunting memory? Gosh, I got a bunch of them. (laughs) (laughs) Too many. You know, the first like the first big hunt and big buck I got to be a part of with my dad is probably one of them right now. Um, it It was his Henry's buck, and I spent the entire summer scouting with him out there we went and just spent a ton of time hunted the entire hunt and ended up killing a great buck on the last day but I mean that one was cool to me and then I had a really cool one with my wife a few years back she shot a nice buck on the Utah General and it was neat to be part of that and help her kill she's killed bigger deer than I have so <laughs> that's that that your wife's buck was in Muley Crazy, right? With like the inline. Yeah, yeah, it was just a nice, pretty five. Yeah, what did your dad kill on the Henrys? I don't know if I know that buck. He's he's just a one ninety buck, but he's thirty four inches wide, uh, four by nine, I think he was. And I mean, we were hunting an absolute giant, but we never could turn him up. Had a picture of a buck out in the desert. We hunted him pretty much the whole hunt, and then the last day we were like, we got to kill something. We ended <laughs> up going up shooting one, but... That's not a bad last day buck at all. That's crazy. Absolutely. No, I mean, it wasn't so much the buck that was cool about that. It was just the whole hunt that, you know, we got to hunt a giant, a 250-type buck, and Jeez. we never never could kill him, never did turn him up, but, you know, we, we dang sure tried, and it was just... I guess that's kind of what we're... We don't have to kill one, but it's it's always fun to take something home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Dang. That's sweet. So um, just to end, is there any, anything you want to add or any last-minute <laughs> tips? Um, 
gosh. I mean, just freaking go out and hunt hard, man. Don't realize you don't have to kill every time would be my my thing. It drives, just go out and enjoy the hunt. Enjoy being out there. That's the big thing. Yeah. And yeah, I I don't know. Nothing too. <laughs> oh, that's good. I think uh, your stories are awesome, but I think you shared some really good intel too on um, different different things that people can put into place to hopefully get on bigger bucks. <laughs> that's the goal. So, yeah, sweet. I appreciate you taking the time to yeah. do this. No problem, man. It's fun. <laughs>